Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning towards football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet on the Line is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-a-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, is open right now at Bet Online. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, if you lose, your wager is going to be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Memory Podcast. Now, I'm aware we might have grown accustomed to talking about baseball only on this podcast because that's what we've been doing for the last couple of months. However, football, as I alluded to before the break, is finally back, and the 49ers, of course, are playing on Sunday. So, for that reason, I'm sure a lot of you want to talk about football. No offense to the athletics. They kind of fell apart. The Giants, of course, are still going strong. But either way, I know a lot of you want to talk about football, so let's talk about some football And looking at the Week 1 matchup for San Francisco, they have a matchup on the road against Detroit. So they are going to be traveling to take on the Lions at Ford Field. And that should be taking place at around 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, September 12th. Now looking at the actual spread and total for this game, 49ers are minus 7.5 at around minus 110. Really depends where you shop around. And you can also find this total at 45 I see one or two 44 and a halfs on the market. If you were looking at the line earlier in the week, it was 45 and a half or 46. There has been money coming in on the under, but we're going to break down both teams, what happened during the offseason, and then get into where each team has some advantage, etc. But to start off with the 49ers, the team that all of you want to win this game, or I'm sure most of you want to win this game, it's going to be a very interesting situation at quarterback because. Kyle Shannon has yet to announce who the starter is, which I'm going to go on a brief rant on. It's the biggest waste of time of any coach you can imagine. You've had months to work on it. You had preseason. I know you want the other team to quote-unquote scout for both quarterbacks, but when Garoppolo speaks right after you at the same press conference and is smiling and basically is laughing at the fact that he's going to be the starting quarterback, suddenly not announcing who it is formally doesn't really have any weight to it because you know Garoppolo's starting so I don't really know what they're doing over there but the point is Garoppolo's going to be starting and I feel like that is a solid move now a lot of 
people wanted Lance to potentially get the start because he has more upside, and I'm sure they saw some flashes in preseason. However, there were a lot of cons there when it came to watching Lance in preseason. A bit inaccurate at times. Of course, he had a couple of turnovers there. Seemed to get a little bit of happy feet in the pocket where he would panic and run. I'd say he would try to run out of the pocket and escape more than he probably should have or quickly uh, in comparison to other quarterbacks who stay in the pocket for a little bit longer. But I thought Lance looked okay, considering the fact that he hadn't really played a game in about a year because he opted out after one game in the FCS schedule last year. I think Lance looked okay, but am I shocked that Garoppolo is starting week one? No, I think Garoppolo should have started week one. Even if you don't like him, he still has experience. He led you to a Super Bowl, and you know that worst-case scenario, San Francisco is going to treat it like they did in that playoff run, which is Garoppolo, you're going to throw the ball about 10, 15 times a game. We're going to run the ball about 40 times a game. And we're going to rely on the defense, rely on field position, and just the offensive line manhandling people up front. And we'll win probably 11 games. So I feel like that's going to be the actual, I'd say, strategy with Garoppolo at quarterback. And that's also going to transition to how well it's going to work in this matchup. That's definitely one of the strengths 49ers have because of the Lions. I know they got Sewell, who's going to help the offensive line, kind of. He's only one guy, and I'm concerned about the rest of the offensive line, but... The defensive line for the Lions, not very good, and I do think the 49ers should have a bunch of open uh, running lanes throughout this entire game, so I don't, I don't really think is going to need to make many big throws. Of course, some play-action passes, some deep shots, and some third-down conversions every now and then, but do I think Garoppolo needs to have 250 passing yards and two touchdowns to win this game? No. I think the 49ers could win this game if Garoppolo just goes for 150 and commit to no turnovers, and I think the 49ers should probably win this game going away. But if you want to talk about the Niners, the draft that they had, I would say, was fascinating. I know we ended up breaking down the draft a couple of months ago once it actually happened, but just to recap quickly how they ended up doing, of course, they got Trey Lance with the third pick in the first round. Other than that, drafted a guard to help out with the offensive line depth, drafted Trey Sermon, who might get a little bit of run time as the backup. I know Wilson is a bit injured. They ended up cutting Gallman. So Sermon, of course, is going to be the change of pace back, so to speak, because you have Mostert back there, uh, who should get pretty much all the touches if he stays healthy. But once again, that's a pretty big if, because he is always injured, which is really a shame because of the fact that he is just a very talented running back. And we saw what he did in the NFC title game against the Packers a couple years ago. And we already know that Mostert, if he could stay healthy, could easily push 1,200 yards, maybe a little bit more than that, because I'm sure they'd give him the ball a lot more. But I do think the 49ers will try to get Sermon a bit involved to try to keep Mostert healthy. But week one, I think Mostert's going to handle 80-something percent of the snaps, or at least that's what I would do, because I just think Mostert is so much better than Sermon. Sermon really didn't impress me in preseason. He looked fine. Did I think he really had a burst or anything that made him look different than the average running back? No. But he's a guy who has some upside, I guess, because he's young, and maybe they can mold him into the guy they want as a pass catcher. But Mostert is just a game changer when he's healthy, and I think that he's going to try to go for 120-plus, 130-plus, hell, maybe even 150-plus if you think that the Lions' run defense is that bad. But the point is, is that the draft... Really was an interesting one where the 49ers ended up getting a couple of guys who 
might contribute a little bit, but really not many that are going to contribute, I'd say, for week one, so to speak. You have Lance, who's on the bench. Banks, who, once again, provides offensive line depth. They also got another guard in Jalen Moore. You also got cornerback Ambry Thomas, cornerback. Uh, uh, you got uh, Lenore uh, as another corner they got in the fifth round. And you end up drafting another running back in Elijah Mitchell, who's been injured and pretty much missed the entire preseason. So, not really many guys who you drafted or immediately going to be plug-and-play, but of course he had so many injuries last year with Bosa, with Ford, with really everybody, if you want to be honest. I mean, even even Ayuk missed a couple of games last year, but Garoppolo got injured. He's back now. It's going to be an interesting season because when this team was healthy, they went to the Super Bowl, but with most of the guys injured, of course, they were awful last year, which shouldn't be surprising to anybody. But the point is, is that the 49ers are going to be back on track. I think that they're going to do well this season, and I think that assuming there is no rust from a decent amount of players who haven't played in a while, the 49ers should be a very scary team in the NFC. But as for the actual free agency moves, 49ers, I don't say that they were quiet, but really a lot of the additions that we're talking about are guys who got injured who are now back, and now you got to reevaluate the depth chart. But if you want to go through some moves that they made, they picked up Mohamed Sanu. Is he going to make a big impact in the receiving core? Not really. Uh, just going through the rest of the actual uh, moves here, not really much going on. They signed Josh Norman about a week ago to help out the cornerback depth, which I know you might not be a fan of Norman, but he's a veteran. He can force some fumbles with a, I'd say a Tillman-like peanut punch situation where he's pretty good at stripping the football, and I think he can generate a couple turnovers by himself. But for the most part, this team is going to be uh, solid if they can stay healthy, and that's really just the big question mark. We all know how good the defensive line is with Bosa, and even with Kinwa, with Armstead, they should be solid. Looking at the linebacking core, Fred Warner still one of the most underrated linebackers in the entire league. The secondary should be good with Verrett, Tart. Uh, you have Ambry Thomas, who might be getting a decent amount of playing time. I mentioned in the draft, but we'll see how he turns out. Jimmy Ward, of course, at safety. They got a lot of pieces. Now, of course, it's not the same as having Sherman back there, but Sherman, of course, had the injuries. He got older. They let him go. It makes sense. He's clearly not the same guy. He wasn't last year, but either way, should be a very solid defensive unit, and the offense should be good enough to get by. Now, looking at the Lions, you had a pretty interesting offseason, mostly because of all the new faces in the A locker room, B coaching staff. But starting with the actual coaching staff, they ended up getting rid of their coach in Matt Patricia, which is unfortunate because for 49ers fans, I'm sure you would have loved Patricia to be coaching this game because he was a terrible head coach. But they replaced him with Campbell, who should be, well, let's put it this way. He's a wild card. Dan Campbell is a guy who was talking about biting kneecaps during the offseason and how he drinks about, I don't know, 80 ounces of coffee. So he's all over the place. I think he's going to be a disastrous hiring as well. Do I think he's going to get through a year? Maybe. Two years? Probably not. I think he's going to be awful. I think the lines are going to be terrible. But they're in a full rebuild, and that's going to take us to the actual roster and the changes that they made. They ended up trading arguably the best quarterback they ever had, probably the best quarterback they ever had, and Matt Stafford, as they ended up trading him and getting Jared Goff along with some draft picks. But Goff was, I'm just going to call him what he is. He was a one-year wonder. He was phenomenal for that borderline MVP year. In the first year with McVay, they went to a Super Bowl, but he's not very good. It's just the way it is. I saw him in college at California. 
He was going to number one. I was never a fan of him. I know he was great during the rookie season, or his first two years, I should say. Rookie season, he was awful, actually. His Fisher was there. But the second year, he looked really good. And I still wasn't really buying it. I just think McVay is a genius when it comes to coaching. And I think that Goff got exposed over the last couple of years when teams actually figured him out. And, yeah, Goff turns the ball over a ton. I don't think he really makes great decisions. He's not very mobile. And I think that with this Detroit offensive line, Goff, I don't know if he's going to survive the whole year. I don't know if he's going to lead the team or the league, I should say, in interceptions. But there's going to be a lot of turnovers because he's not going to have many time. He's not going to have a lot of time to throw. He's not going to have many quality receivers to throw the ball to. And Goff, in general, is pretty risky with the ball. I think he could turn turn the ball over at least two to three times on Sunday. But as for the actual rest of the depth chart, I already mentioned that they picked up Sewell. However, they ended up having an addition that seemed a bit, I'd say, minor, but now it might be major because they ended up signing Jamal Williams as the backup running back for the team. They got him from Green Bay. The problem there is the fact that starting running back DeAndre Swift, who had a lot of expectations this season, I never liked him. I watched him at Georgia. I thought he was injured all the time, and I thought he was okay in his rookie season when healthy, but that's a big question mark. Anyway... He recently uh, went under the spotlight for some off-the-field issues because he might have been involved in a murder plot. So we're going to see what the story is there. I'm assuming he's going to play week one because this is pretty much coming out on Thursday. So I don't know if there's really enough time to proceed and fully hold him out of this game, but Swift might not play in this one. We'll see, but... Anytime your name's involved in a murder plot and there's an investigation going on, it's always a bad thing. According to Dan Campbell, it might not be, but he's a lunatic. I already talked about that. But the point is, is Swift should play. Maybe he won't. Might be distracted. I don't really know, but I do find that whole situation fascinating. Looking at the rest of the team, offensive line, I already mentioned Sewell. A couple other guys there who were okay. The wide receivers, you have Tyrell Williams, who has bounced around a couple of teams for the last few years, but he's been pretty solid when healthy. Once again, when healthy. Uh, Other than that, you really don't have many great receivers. You have Cephas, who was decent as a youngster out of Wisconsin. He was pretty good. They drafted Amon St. Brown, who might contribute a little bit. But the receiving core from top to bottom, not great. Quarterback play with Goff, not great. Offensive line, not great. Now looking at the defense... It's not pretty. Now, Akuda was, of course, their top first-round pick last year, and he didn't really pan out, got injured, he got tortured decent amount, but he was a rookie. There's a learning curve there. I still think Akuda's a good player, so we'll see how he does in year two, but you should be a little bit worried because he wasn't exactly, I'd say, comfortable for the entire rookie season, so we'll see if maybe he blossoms, but going through the defensive line here, they got Brockers, they got Trey Flowers, who are okay. They're a little bit old now, but they're fine, I guess. You ended up getting uh, Jamie Collins as a linebacker who was good, but the Patriots also got rid of him, and he kind of bounced around since then, so I don't exactly know how good Collins actually is. Uh, The secondary, awful. Uh, There's really not much else to say. Akuda could be good. Other than that, Will Harris, uh, uh, Tracy Walker at, at the safety spots, and you also have some really questionable cornerback depth. It's not pretty. I think the Lions are going to struggle. When it comes to win totals, this team is projected to be a bottom three team in the league, and I really can't disagree with it because if you think Goff's going to be a disaster and he potentially gets benched at some point during the season, you have Blau in there. Nothing really changes. The team's just not very good. 
which is fine because the Lions are trying to rebuild. We know that, but I mean, this team's really bad. I don't know if they're Texans bad, but they should be fighting for the best for the worst record, the best draft pick uh, during the course of the season. So uh, that's going to take us to the actual breakdown for this matchup. I like the 49ers minus seven and a half. At the end of the day, I think the 49ers kill this team. 49ers should be really annoyed after they had Super Bowl aspirations last year. Everyone got injured, and I just think they're going to take it out on this Lions team. They use the starters in preseason, which is something the Lions did not do. I did not see Goff play pretty much at all in the preseason, so I think he might be a little bit rusty. But the 49ers, the depth is there in pretty much every position. The running backs should be able to get a decent amount of running room behind that offensive line. Garoppolo is good enough as a game manager not to blow the game, and I do think the Niners should win this going away. I do find the total fascinating because I do think the Lions are going to struggle offensively, but I do think garbage time could present itself where the Lions end up scoring a couple touchdowns against Prevent in the fourth quarter. It is a pretty low total at 45, but I'm going to back the line movement here. I think the Lions, at the end of the day, not using some of their starters in preseason is going to come back to bite them. You should be resting your starters if you actually have some type of goal in the regular season, where if you're trying to compete for a Super Bowl, then maybe you pull a McVay, you bench everybody, Stafford doesn't play in the preseason because you want to keep them healthy for the regular season. If you're the Lions and you have a brand new system, you bring in a new coach, and why wouldn't you want your guys to at least play one quarter as the starters? It just doesn't make any sense to me. If the team's going to be awful and you're going to give them a disadvantage to start the season because they're going to be a little bit rusty in game action... I think you could have a seriously ugly situation for the first couple of weeks. But I'm going to look at the under. 49ers, they might score 30 points here. But do I think the Lions get to more than 14? No. So I'm going to go with the 49ers here. I think this game could get ugly early. You might be looking at a 20-7 to game at the half or something like that. But I do think eventually the 49ers will call off the dogs. I think that they're going to end up running the ball a lot, draining a lot of clock in the second half. I think the Lions might score maybe one or two touchdowns in garbage time, but it's going to be ugly. And the 49ers win this game. If you really want a score prediction, I'm going to say 27 to 14. I think that this game's going to be ugly. I think that it could be 27 to 7, and then maybe the Lions score a garbage time touchdown, but 49ers are just better at basically every single position group if you want to go from top to bottom, and I think the Lions are going to start a very ugly season off by getting blown out. So the... Once again, plays for this game are going to be the 49ers, minus 7.5, and the under 45. That has been this installment of the Bay Podcast. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.